All right, so we are back in our high-tech studio here. Now we're in our living room this time. In our living room. Can we go sit down? I'm just going to get my coffee. Matthew got all fired up because we listened to our friend Crystal's. Uh, she sent us some Marco Polo. Hey, Crystal. And, and then so I, I, we were listening to it, and Matthew got all fired up about it. And he's like, we're making one right now. So, Elisa, why don't you kick things off? <laughs> um. Well, I think, I think you have some thoughts, but I think for me, something that I want to make sure we do on these, on these conversations, where are you going to sit across the room from me? Well, because we each have a microphone on, so I don't want there to be feedback. All right. Too much feedback. Um, well, there wasn't feedback the other night. Okay. Fair. Come back here. <laughs> um, okay. So what's, what's sort of important to me is I'd like to be able to give people um, something to practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you know, like we can have these conversations about how things are so messed up and it, it is true, things are messed up. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's important to know why they're messed up and why why something isn't working. I, I definitely think that's important to, to understand because we can't really build something new and as leaders without understanding some of those things, but can I say one thing real quick? You can say whatever okay. you want before do, hang on to your thought. But I, I think something I want to say is as somebody who has been outside of the traditional church structure for what now 15 years, I think that when we first left that structure, we left because of abuse, um, we left because we were hurt. And I think that it was very easy for us to, as I said last time, like the pendulum swung and we really swung in the direction of just harsh criticism of the, what I would call like the legacy model, which is still around today. And, you know, just, I just want people to be aware during the process. Like if you have recently left or you're considering leaving just know that you're probably going to go through a season where we use the, we use the term detox. We had a detox from, mm-hmm. you know, we had a process hurt. We had a detox. We had to hang on to Jesus in the midst of the process. But something I want to be really clear about from the very beginning as we do these recordings is we are not bitter at the church, right. at the legacy church. Um, but this is what I will say. The, structure the way that the what we consider sort of the traditional church the the legacy church system the current church system in america in the west um that was used by god right for very very powerful in very powerful ways for um really several hundred years um sort of the model of the man on the stage preaching the sermon the people listening and I think we need to be really careful not to criticize mm-hmm. a, a model that God used and God blessed for a period of time to accomplish the purposes that he intended for it to accomplish. However, that said, I believe that we are in a transitional time. Actually, I think we're beyond the transition where God is wanting to do a new thing because we can all look at the model today and we can see it's not working and we can see leaders at the top 
crumbling, sin being exposed, and and like over I think and over and over. I think it's just important to like recognize that like we're not hurt at the church, but I would argue like there is a opportunity, there's an invitation to enter into something new, something different. Mm-hmm. And we we have the privilege to be able to participate in that. But we also need to walk humbly because maybe 20, 30 years from now, God may be doing a new thing. And we have That's to right. be open to releasing sort of our the mindsets that we are comfortable with. So Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really good. It's really good. Important to keep that in mind that, you know, there's a few things that we feel like we have clarity on right now, but, but we don't know the things that we don't know. And well, cause there's inevitably, whenever we talk about process thing, things like this, there's always the opportunity for somebody in a institutional church system, in a legacy church system to hear it. And their first knee jerk reaction is, Oh, you're critical. You're just bitter. And it's like, no, like we love the church. Like we have to remember God has like, Jesus has one bride and like, we have to be careful with our words. Like we're not criticizing the people. There's a lot of well, well-meaning people who really godly love Jesus, people. godly people in those systems. But you know, at a certain point, like we have to start looking at it and saying, okay, like, is that system actually producing the kinds of fruit that we want it to produce and i think that it's not yeah and and also like i think the reason why i'm so passionate about it and i i know people (laughs) there's people um that have it's like they're like lisa what can you just give it up just let it go like why why do you have to why do you have a bee in your bonnet about this all the time and i'll tell you why it's because i feel a sense of responsibility like, I I may not be, uh, you know, a super influ- influential leader right now, um, and maybe never will be, and that, that's totally fine. If I am, I hope I hope I stay hidden because I have no desire to be famous. But um, I I feel like there is a sense of responsibility that I you know, if nothing else, I am raising up four boys, mm-hmm. and I want to teach them how to how to do this, you know? And yeah, so I think part of the reason why I just can't let go and you and I, we just can't let go of this is because we feel a sense of responsibility to learn for the Holy Spirit to teach us how can we do this differently? What does it mean to follow Jesus in this day and age where systems are crumbling and, um, yeah, we just I want to empower people too. I want people to be encouraged. I want I want believers to be confident and know hey, you know what? This is what I what God has called me to do. I'm doing it. I'm confident doing it. And I have a community around me that loves me and I'm a part of a family, you know. I think people should be like as you process through pain, I think it's it's important to to really ask God to just awaken joy and like maybe anticipation for like the, the next stop on the journey that mm-hmm. he's going to take you on. Because like when I grew up, I grew up in the traditional church and in the, in the, in the model that I grew up in, 
I had such a desire to serve the Lord, but the only options that were available to me was, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't musical, at least in the sense of like, I didn't grow up in a charismatic church, but, um, uh, you are musical though. Yeah. Okay. But, (laughs) and I am charismatic now, but, (laughs) but when I, but when, but when I was a young kid, I had such a desire to serve the Lord and to like be involved in something that made a difference but the only outlets for me were to be a Sunday school teacher or to be a pastor or to be a missionary to to like climb this ladder and i think that what is really encouraging and empowering is that in this next move that the lord is doing there is no ladder to climb mm-hmm. and like like when you just take away the sunday morning service or you know, the big conference event or what, whatever those venues are like, you know, a, a televised prayer room. When you take those things away, there is now no more like short list of positions that everybody is sort of clamoring to try to get to so that they can somehow feel like they're contributing to God's mission on the, on the earth. Like God actually has like an infinite number of positions open for us to participate in mission and it doesn't have to look anything like professional ministry. So I think what we're trying to do is describe to you sort of what this can look like. And if you haven't experienced it, it's difficult to understand. So I just have a a little, uh, a little picture I want to describe, but uh, last night we got together, we had, we had a few different micro churches who got together and, uh, a dear man who we very much respect. His name is Ted. He was he was he was trying to explain what upside down leadership looks like, and he was he was having trouble. And and I mean, he did a fantastic job of explaining it. But but what he was trying to say, and I agree with, is that if you haven't experienced it, it's really hard to imagine. It's like mm-hmm. if you've never been to another country, and all of you experienced as America. Like I can, I can try to describe to you what it's like to go to Africa, but it's, I mean, yeah, you can watch YouTube videos about it, but like, it's a whole different thing to actually be there with your feet on the ground and smelling the smells and hearing the sounds. And, you know, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? And then you see pictures of it later and you're like, wow, those pictures did not do that justice, you know? And it's kind of like a similar sort of thing. Like I, as far as what it what it what it feels like to to be on mission to be a part of a community i i have the awesome privilege of having both of both of those things and i feel so blessed so blessed mm. um cuz i was longing for that for so long and um but it it's kind of hard to describe to you even like what that upside down leadership looks like um but anyway i think part of what we want to do in these conversations is sort of give people a little snapshot of what that could look like. And it, it's going to look different for different people. Um, and then maybe give them something practical to, to play with. Yeah. So, so sort of to that end, um, there's a really good quote that I have said multiple times and I need to probably look up who it is who actually says it. I think it might be, um, uh, well, now I'm, I'm I'm forgetting his name, so I'll look it up and, and tell tell it the next time. But basically, the quote says, "The place that God has called you is the place where your deepest desire or your heart's deepest desire 
meets the world's greatest need, where your heart's deepest desire meets the world's greatest need. And I think that, you know, for people who are wondering like, okay, what does the next step look like? You know, we, you know, when we talk to people about like, Hey, so what, what is it that you're, you're actually passionate about? I think people like, they still have like this wall between what's sacred and what's secular Mm -hmm. in their life. Mm -hmm. And they think they're, it's like they, like if they come from a church background, they want to say, well, I just really enjoy worship music or I just, I just really enjoy reading the Bible. And it's like, no, like, I want to know, like, do you like to ride bikes? Like, do you, do you like to play role-playing games? Like, you know, um, do, do you like to like just sit and have coffee with people and like, listen to them? Like, like truly, like what, what is it that like just brings your heart alive that like after one of those opportunities, you just feel like your tank is just full and you just had the time of your life. And like, like I want to encourage people who are listening to start brainstorming. Like, what are those things? And like, I want to give like the example you talked about, like bottom up leadership. We had some friends who journeyed with us for a few years, uh, Matt and Danielle, and we're still in relationship with them. Um, and they were attending our, um, our, our discipleship group for, you know, they did it for about a year and um, a little less than a year. little less than a year because during that process something was really awakened within them they they had experienced this um, sort of like teen worship night that um, that they were a part of when they were young and it was in it was in somebody's house and there were some some parents who sort of facilitated it and their their hearts were just like oh we just had such an amazing time at the edge and and they were like oh we would just love it if like we could experience that again. And as we were talking to them, I forget if it was you or me, we just said, well, why don't you? And they're like, why don't we what? And we're like, why don't you just start up another edge? Like it brought so much joy to you. And like, we can tell that you're like really excited about it. Like, why don't you just start something? And it was like the look on their faces and what they said, they were like, like what? Really? And we're like, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 what do you need? What do you need? How can we support you? And I think that that's what bottom-up leadership looks like. Yeah, that's one. That's one. One way. One way. Yeah, and um, and just to to say one one other thing. I, yes, I and I want to just agree before I before I yeah. sort of change the subject slightly. I want to agree <sighs> that I think um, we're we're not good, very good at using our imagination. No. And I think God wants us to imagine and dream. Like, what would it look like? Like, what, what would you, um, do you want to, do you want to, for example, for me, something I really love, I, we have, we own a coffee shop and I, I really enjoy spending time with the people that work, um, for us and, and, um, encouraging them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not perfect at it. I probably need to do even more of it than I'm doing. But that is something that I can see that it makes a difference for them. And not only for them, it makes a difference in our business and it makes our business a place where, where the presence of God is felt. And people talk about it when they come into the coffee shop that they, they feel the presence of God. So, so that's something that I'm passionate about. That's what it looks like for me. You know, I didn't start like another ministry, but that's what, that's a place that I bring, I, I let God flow through me in that, mm-hmm. in that sphere. 
Um, but what I wanted to say about to just give one one sort of thing to play with that mm-hmm. is a building block for building community. Like if you are hungry for community, here is one simple thing you can do. Find someone that you can start meeting with regularly. It doesn't even have to be a Christian. It can just be someone who's being drawn to Jesus. And meet with them regularly. And I I like to, when I do this, I like to come from a place of humility. Like, hey, like I have a desire to know, to draw closer to God. It seems like you do too. Would you want to meet? Would you want to start like getting together and talking about God? And like, maybe we could pray for each other's people who have needs. Like you have a friend who has cancer and I have a friend who you know, is struggling. Can, can I pray for yours? And can you pray for mine? Mm. And then also like, let's just start reading, reading some stories about Jesus together. Like maybe in the gospels, like let's, let's read it and, and talk about it. And, um, and so just sort of like allowing yourself to come like in a way, like submitting yourself to that other person too, like you're, you're discipling them, but you're also not just the one doing it all you're actually receiving from that person too like genuinely receiving because that person like if they are being drawn to jesus i don't care what their background is they the spirit of god can flow through them and bless you Mm. and and so what you're doing is like you're you're looking to see what god is already doing and you're just being a cheerleader and you're pointing it out You're, you're helping them connect the dots but in the process of that, you're being blessed too because you're not coming at it from like, I'm the, the expert and I'm mentoring you and I'm just, yes, you are, but you're also allowing yourself to be blessed. Mm. And I think that that is a huge way to build community. And, and I think I have seen in our lives that that multiplies community, especially when, you know, you invite, you know, you do it in such a way that, you know from the beginning, like you're going to invite someone else into that, and then you're going to invite someone, else. and then and then you're probably going to need to to meet separately because it's too many people to really open up. Because a, for an intimate conversation, you need to have probably not more than three people. Um, and there's more that we could talk about with that, but I feel like that's a really good place, a really practical, good place to start. In addition to dreaming. Yeah. And if that's really good. And if I could just add just a little postscript on that, I think that I was talking to somebody last night about, he was, he was wanting to know, he, he, he was talking, there was another guy at our table who has followed Jesus for many, many years. And this guy, this younger guy was asking like, how, how do you, how do you end up like so many years later following God and like being in his will and this, this gentleman, his name is Paul. He had a lot of wisdom to share. And he was just talking about, you know, it's just, you know, saying yes to Jesus. Um, you know, the best way of knowing that you're in God's will is, you know, if you were trying to be in God's will the, the day before. And I think, you know, God sees your heart. Like if I could speak to you who is listening, like God sees your heart. And if your heart and if your desire is to find him, and to participate in the mission that he has the restoration of this world of this broken world and you have no idea how to get there 
but your heart comes alive and you're like, you know, I'm hurting, but Jesus, I want to find you and I want to be involved in the things that you're doing. Um, I think that you can really rest in the fact that it does not all depend on you. Like, you know, if you can think of this analogy, it's like, it's like you're in a river, like, and, and the current is pushing you down the river and like, like the, that, that current is the Holy spirit. Like he is at work in your life, in the searching, in the questioning, in even helping with processing the hurt. And like, he will keep you like he is faithful and, um, that current is going to carry you along. So like when we talk about just play, like just find a person to meet with, like, don't worry about like, is it going to work or not? Or, Oh no, I haven't found a person yet. Like, like don't, don't try to enter into it with performance, but just like trust that there's that current Experiment. Mm-hmm. that he's carrying you. That's right. That's right. He is able to keep us from falling. Thanks for listening. Are we done? Are we at time? I think we're done because my folks are going to be here in four minutes. So. Okay. And they're very punctual. They are. They're probably already pulling up right now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And um, if you, hey, one thing, if you guys have any any thoughts or anything you want to add, I know my friend Crystal did to the last one we did, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs>